of the darkness and into the light. It's the This Woman Knows podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the This Woman Knows podcast. Today's episode is geared toward the holidays because not everyone has the ideal family or family dynamics. And so I have the opportunity to interview my sorority sister, Andrea Rogers. And Andrea is a board certified life coach and the owner of Fully Alive Coaching. Now she has her BS in psychology and an MS in training and development. And Andrea has dedicated her life to helping others develop into their full potential. She originally served in human resources and organizational development and helped managers improve their leadership skills as well as identifying and mentoring future leaders. But today she is a coach who is just as passionate about helping people reaching their full potential in life. She's a certified betrayal trauma coach with APSATS using the multidimensional partner trauma model. She's also a betrayal trauma survivor and an APSATS board member. Please help me welcome my sorority sister, Andrea. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Excellent, excellent. So today we are going to have a conversation about what's known as teasing, what we call teasing or, um, yeah, it, it's teasing, especially among family. And is there a place for this um, digs and the teasing that happens in families? So I think you and I, we definitely have chatted about my past, my experience and how this was done to the point of me in tears. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm very sensitive when it comes to that type of play, familial play. And I'm the one that backs off and goes, I, I, I want no parts. So can you just tell us, you know, you and you said something, you said that it's a part of this going back and forth and being able to, um, you know, have fun or joke with people in this way is a part of a healthy relationship. So I, I want you to expand and tell us all about that. Yeah, but, well, <laughs> I, th I think it's going to be an interesting conversation and hopefully, you know, we can learn from each other because yeah. um, I grew up in a family. And let me say first, I'm not a therapist. I'm a coach. Yes. And I do want to make that distinction because um, I'm not giving therapy to anyone on this. Mm -hmm. um, this is you and I, you know, sharing experiences and I can say personally and professionally just what I see. But I grew up in a family where teasing is a form of love, like banter with one another, um, telling jokes is just how we show love to each other. And I think that's true um, in a lot of families of color that, you know, that's, mm. that's just a part of how we laughter is a way that we've learned to survive a lot of the hard circumstances that we've grown up in. So, um, when you and I were talking about it, I think one of the things that I've learned uh, growing up in that is uh, there has to be some safety and trust established Yes, to be able to do that, um, but also a really respect for a boundary so that if I'm laughing but you're not laughing, mm -hmm. now we're not experiencing the same thing in the same way, right? I'm laughing at as opposed to laughing with, and that's a big difference. 
So how does that happen when you have children involved, if you have adults teasing children? Mm-hmm. And is that ever okay in your, you know, from what you've seen and what you know and what, and what you've experienced? You know, I think with children, we have to be so careful because children naturally don't know that they can have boundaries. So when an adult is doing something to hurt or harm a child, um, a child may not feel strong enough in their voice to say so. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, that's kind of a a sticky situation. But I think that um, it comes from, like I said, it's just a way that as people, we've learned how to cope or not be able to have hard conversations um, or to really see other people in front of us. So like I said, if I'm, and I'll give you an example, like I was teasing my son about something and I could see he wasn't laughing. And I was like, oh, is that, is that something that and he said? Yeah, I don't think that's funny. And I had to say, oh, okay, I'm sorry about that. Mm-hmm. You know, and to recognize, like I said, that I was being lighthearted about it, but it meant something more to him. Now, some people use teasing passive aggressively, right? They make a joke as a way to say something hard that they don't feel comfortable saying. And that's when you get into some of those unhealthy dynamics where it's no longer done and fun or funny, mm-hmm. um, but that it's it's harmful to the person. I, I love the example that you just gave of your son, how you you read the verbal cues because he didn't say it audibly. It was just a verbal cue. And so you were astute enough to catch the verbal clue, have a conversation and then back off. Unfortunately, some adults don't catch verbal clues. Mm-hmm. Don't non-verbal. Care about, I think you mean non, non-verbal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't, don't catch the non-verbal clues and just continue with the banter. What what should one what would what, what what should we do? I mean, I mean, especially if it's a if it if it is a kiddo. Mm-hmm. So, but now, now that nowadays kiddos are expressing, some of them are expressing, you know, their feelings. But what what do you do in those instances? Yeah, so this is where it's tough because kids, you know, no is one of the first words they learn. And no is a boundary, right? They're Mm -hmm. saying, hey, this is the line, don't cross the line. Uh, But if you are with an adult that hasn't done their own work to be emotionally available or emotionally mature for their child, right? Or if you grew up with the, you respect your elders at all costs, a child saying no can come across as disrespectful. So if those factors are there, you know, it's going to be really hard for a child to say, hey, when you do that, that hurts my feelings because it's going to fall on on deaf ears. Uh, (laughs) And so, you know, it's not until they get older and go to therapy or come see me as a coach, you know, that, that, that they're expressing, Hey, I didn't feel seen. I didn't feel heard. And so I think for us as adults, recognizing that just because we've always done something a certain way, like I said, my family, I mean, the teasing is incessant 
And it wasn't until I got older that I realized I didn't like some of it. You know, mm -hmm. I, I laughed because everybody was laughing. But once I started to develop my own sense of self, it was like, I don't like that or that's not funny. So like I said, my, my uncle passed and he was a huge teaser. But I used to tell him, hey, remember, I learned from the best. So mm. don't, don't start something you can't finish. And he would tease a lot, but he didn't like being teased. So just just that simple phrase was enough to level set the conversation. You know, we, yeah. he, he didn't really tease, um, not about anything serious. You know, we would we would just do lighthearted teasing. Uh, like I said, I, I teased him and said, hey, if you wanted attention, all you had to do was say so. You know, we, he um, was declining in health. And so it just was a way mm. to make him laugh. But mm -hmm. Um, now, see, I see that as just lighthearted that, you know, that that's that's lighthearted yeah. um, and that can be appreciated. Uh, so, so these let's talk about then the adult relationships where the teasing happens and boundaries aren't respected. And sometimes the majority of the times it's family that does the teasing and doesn't respect boundaries. And so I know that I've had to separate myself or, you know, distance myself just because. I, I don't appreciate teasing. And I think you said something very important at the beginning was like where there are, uh, where trust is that that can be done in a safe space. Mm -hmm. If I don't trust these people and it's like, it's a no, I don't trust you. You haven't earned my trust. And I think that's very important. Mm -hmm. So how would you coach someone through that? If they're the holidays are coming Coach Andrea, the holidays are coming. They're right around the corner. We have a sorority sister who loves Christmas. And, you know, if circumstances would have been different, she would have been counting down, you know, mm -hmm. already counting down and had stuff decorated. Mm -hmm. How would you admonish someone if they don't like the teasing? They've got a family, you know, that may be similar to yours. That's just what they do. And I've got another question. I just thought of it. Um, what would how would you advise them? Yeah, I think that we each have to take responsibility for ourselves, right? So if the whole group is teasing and I'm the one that doesn't like it, then do I expect the whole group to change mm. their dynamic for me? You know, maybe it depends on the group. If 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 they're safe people, I should be able to say. Hey guys, you know, I know y'all like to do that with each other, but please don't do that with me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but for most of our families, like I said, how many people have been to therapy or done right. the work or become self-aware of how their actions impact other people, especially something if it's a pattern that we've always been doing? Well, not most people. And so yeah. this is where in me taking responsibility for myself, I decide what type of access these people have to me. So mm -hmm. as an adult, I can go for a few minutes and then leave if the teasing starts. You know, I can bring a friend with me that maybe my family's on different type of behavior if company is around. I can go at the very end when I know the majority mm -hmm. of the teasers are gone and it's only a few people there. Or if there are safe people, like 
let's say you're going to see your mom and dad, but all your extended aunts and uncles come, you know, call mom and dad and say, I really want to come. Um, but I really don't like the teasing that uncle so-and-so does. So I'm going to come hang out with you guys before everybody gets there. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, once they start or if the drinking starts or whatever the trigger is for the teasing, you know, then I'm going to give you guys a code word and say, oh, I got to go do that, whatever, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and, and that way you take care of yourself because the only thing we have control over is ourselves, right? If I'm driving Absolutely. down the street and another car keeps coming into my lane, I can honk my horn, I can flash my lights, I can slow down. But if they continually come into my lane, then my choice is to get off the freeway, to switch over to another lane, to speed up and pass them. But what I can't do is control them. And right. the same is true for, you know, how people approach us in our lives. If they keep crossing our lines or our limits coming into our lane, then it's our job to keep ourselves safe. I love that. And so many people do that at the expense of maybe not spending as much time with families. Then you are outcasted. Then you are you know, declared or labeled special or bougie or all the things. Mm -hmm. And then those are just things that you learn to live with for your own sanity's sake. You can think whatever you want to think, but we're going to live in peace over on this side. So I told thank you for that. I, I believe that'll help a lot of people, especially going into the holiday season. Now, the teasing, there are some things that are learned. They're trauma. They're, 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 they're learned and they come through trauma. So we know that um, some of the physical discipline that some of our families experience, you know, those are through learned trauma um, is teasing some kind of form of trauma or, or coping mechanism, if you will. If, if we never learned how to interact with families with each other in safe spaces is it, what's the genesis of this, this, this teasing yeah, I don't think it's a black or white thing. Um, okay. There's a researcher, I think her name is Deborah Tannen. I want to forgive me if I'm forgetting her first name. I know her last name is Tannen. We'll find but it. She studied uh, banter in the workplace, right? Mm -hmm. And she found that uh, men engage in banter a lot more than women. Right. And it's it's just like a natural thing that men do. And it's a it's a form of affection. It builds connection. Like I said, it it kind of um, creates a safety in the relationship amongst them. Um, so I think, a, you know, we can't say black and white. It's good or it's bad. I think we always have to look at the context. Hmm. So if um you know, you've seen these videos of these little kids who say things they don't know not to say, you know, they haven't learned yet social etiquette. And so they just say whatever comes to their minds. Well, as you, as you um, teach your kids about that, some of it is like, oh, we can laugh at it. Like if, if I wake up and my hair sticking up or smash against my head, right. And they're like, oh, mm -hmm. you look funny. Mm -hmm. 
laughing at that is a very mm -hmm. natural response. And you, you want to teach your children, right? We don't want to be so serious that we can't laugh at ourselves. Yes. But like I said, there's a difference between um, me laughing at myself and you laughing with me mm -hmm. versus you laughing at me and I'm not laughing at all. There's a big difference. Yeah. There's a big difference. Yeah. And what you're talking about is when there's a laughing at and not with. Yes. And so those, I guess we can call those are unsafe spaces mm -hmm. that for your own, you have to be an advocate for your own mental health, your own safety at that point and mm -hmm. be willing to be called whatever. And it's like, that's not how I get down or we have to find some kind of other way to interact. And I do know that men tend to banter more. So when I've experienced this, it's mostly, been, it's been traumatized, untra unhealed women in my family that I know, you know, that can banter and they'll go back and forth with my, with, with other family members. I don't want to call people out, but um, yeah, I, I just have very, very vivid memories of, um, being consoled by my grandmother because it was the teasing to the point of tears. Mm. And so she was my safe space. Now I talked to um, a friend of mine and she experienced something similar and her grandmother's response was quite different. She kind of shoved her back and it's like, girl, you better go back in there and there ain't nothing wrong with you. Ain't nobody hurt you. Mm -hmm. You know, so it was just two different responses to the mm -hmm. same kind of trigger. You know, I was comforted and consoled and my friend, she was like, grandmother threw her back in there. It's like, they ain't hurt you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up one of six and, you know, we certainly weren't allowed to physically fight, but if, if we wanted to hurt each other, you know, teasing was the thing. So mm -hmm. like my dad's name is August and, um, <laughs> he wanted That's my birth to, month. Okay. He, he wanted to name me Augusta. Now. Yeah. You're facey. <laughs> No, <laughs> I, okay. can I can really laugh about it now. But when I was younger, my siblings used to tease me and say, that's why your name was going to be Augusta, you know, and I, I did kind of look like an Augusta at that point. And so mm. it was really hurtful to me um, that they would do that. But how do, how do I, how do I, and how did I work through that? Yeah. Well, first I have to look at we're all kids, right? And kids do things that hurt each other because they don't know unless someone teaches them so. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we were all kids, um, but also recognizing that I'm a sensitive person and that's funny to me now, you know, because mm -hmm. I'm an adult, but as a kid, I needed somebody like your grandmother, you know, to say, it's okay. I know that hurts mm -hmm. and to teach me to set some boundaries, mm -hmm. like, right, to walk away, to um, ignore them. And, you know, one of my favorite sayings is other people's opinion of me is none of my, none of my business. So, but, but that's not something we're born with. So right. we have to learn that, um, which is what, you know, I'm really passionate about helping people learn boundaries and teaching people what healthy boundaries look like, because for most of us, that's non-existent. So as a kid, you know, when they were teasing me, if I knew to stand up for myself and to set boundaries, I could say, you know, 
I'm really sad that you choose to do things that hurt me, even though I've asked you not to. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. And it took me a while. I'm, 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 I'm much better than I was because, you know, coming out of a certain situation and, you know, getting married, you know, I was still, I was still just very raw from, you know, childhood experiences. And so I did, you know, I was ready to fight at some point, you know, when, when that teasing kind of started, even in my marriage very early now, I've been married 35 years. Mm-hmm. We're good. You know, so it was like, we can banter with each other because I know he's my safe space and I know that man would do anything for me. And he's, you know, proven his love time and time again. And so we can banter to an extent mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, uh, we're going that's enough, you know, that's enough. And it's respected, you know, but we, and it, and I noticed that it just happens kind of like naturally. It's like, you kind of like poke fun. And, mm-hmm. it, and it's when people, when we can laugh at ourselves, one of the things that um, the banter that my husband and I, we go back and forth and I ask him, it's like, why are you the way you are? And he was like, I'm not the way I am. You know, we just, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if, after 35 years, if you're yeah. not laughing, then you're you're dying. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. And so I we've again, it goes back to be where you're you feel safe in the relationship and mm-hmm. you can set those boundaries. So I think that is absolutely wonderful advice as we come into these hol- the holiday season and how. We can protect ourselves because sometimes, you know, the holidays can be really rough. It can be this time of of dread. You know, everybody's um, all excited and, you know, about all the things. And then you have some people that just go, oh, my God, you know, it's another holiday season. Mm -hmm. And so these are tools that we can equip ourselves so that we can be okay going into 2024. You know, we can maintain our sanity and our peace. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, as we all do our own work, that like that's where it starts, that I have to ask myself, what about that bothers me? Why does it bother me? Yeah. Is that is that bothering coming from some unhealed trauma that I mm-hmm. need to work on myself, mm-hmm. you know, or or is that bothering coming from that I'm projecting maybe some malice onto this person that's really not there. So first it starts with me just being aware of myself mm-hmm. and knowing, you know, what's happening to my insides. But if I've, if I've done the self-examination and I'm like, no, you know, I've worked through this in therapy. I just yeah. really don't like the way this person, and, and especially if it's a pattern, right? They have a pattern of doing that to people in a way that's harmful, well, then I have to decide how much energy I want to put into informing that person. Uh, if they're choosing to remain ignorant, then, like I said, with honking the horn, you can keep honking the horn. But if the person is not listening to that horn, then mm-hmm. you decide, well, then what other choices do I have? Because empowerment is about living within our choices, Anytime I try to control someone else, I'm disempowering myself because I have no control over their choices. Very true. And so then that kind of leads us into this conversation where you see, especially millennials, especially Gen Z, 
where they're cutting off, where you have this estrangement thing that's happening in families because kiddos don't feel safe. And you have parents who are going, what happened? Um, you know, because sometimes the estrangement comes with, you know, no warning. It's just, I am done, you know, don't contact me more. And it's because the kids don't feel safe um, and may not even feel safe enough or have at least done the work to at least have the conversation. I feel unsafe when this is behavior that I don't appreciate. And then you have parents who go, well, this is always, this is what I know. You know, it's not done in with any ill intent. It's just the way I was brought up. It's no big deal. And so now you have this chasm and nobody's hearing each other because you have somebody saying, well, this is what we've always done. And it's not ill intention. And you have somebody else over here is like, I can't take it. Mm -hmm. And there's no bridge mm -hmm. between between the two just of yet. Yeah. And again, I think that this is where each of us doing our own work, because you know, I believe in there are points where you try to talk and talking is not effective. And so you do have to put up those hard boundaries of no yeah. contact. Yeah. But if we if we go no contact with everybody who hurts us, um, then we're not going to be talking to anybody. So um, part of part of um, being emotionally mature is that I can also have hard conversations and I think that that's where many people are lacking is the inability to step into those hard, complex, mm. nuanced conversations, right? It's just easier for me to say, oh, I'm protecting my mental health and to ghost you versus understanding like what triggers me about speaking my truth and my fear of rejection or abandonment that comes up if I don't feel heard or, um, you know, my, my feeling insecure about myself. And so when someone challenges me on a thought or opinion, because I don't feel strong enough in myself to stand in my, in my authenticity, then it's just easier for me to cut you off, which in the moment feels like safety, but it's just relief. You get temporary relief because guess what? The next person that's designed to teach you that lesson is going to come along and that will continue to be the pattern of your life. So I have mm -hmm. a lot of people who are like, I have no friends. It's like, well, let's look at that. Why, why might you not have any friends? Let's look at some patterns. And are you the common denominator in these patterns? I am the spitting image of my father. I share his big eyes. Same dark, tightly coiled hair. Same wide nose. I am his daughter. And I loved him. And some days... That's a heavy cross to bear. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's that's like if you were in church and it's like you stepping on a lot of people's shoes, you know, and it's like if you can't say man, you say ouch kind of thing. That's that kind of 
kind of moment, but it that's really true. And so you're thinking you're doing this mature thing and it's like, I'm cutting them off. And it's like, well, maybe we really do need to look inward and that's on both parties. So I, I don't think a lot of people have the skill set or have the tools to have those difficult conversations. I don't, I think a lot of us lack the maturity to have those kinds of conversations where they don't turn into you did this, you did this, and you didn't, you know, this, the blame thing. Mm -hmm. And then when you start blaming and then it's like, nobody's listening. It Mm -hmm. just all communication just kind of shuts down. And so I, I think this boils down to the ability to have crucial conversations, which many of us have not been taught. Mm -hmm. For sure. For sure, because it has to be modeled for us. So if you grow up in a home where, again, parents are very authoritarian and the belief is children should be seen, not heard, well, where do I have a chance to practice good communication skills? Versus if I see my parents modeling that for me, I see my parents in conflict and I see them work that out in a healthy way, or I get in a conflict with that parent and we're both allowed to express ourselves in a respectful way that my parents apologize to me when they're wrong. Well, that models for me, you know, to apologize to others when I'm wrong. But if I never hear sorry, if I see, you know, parents being passive aggressive, if I see mm-hmm. my parents doing the silent treatment, mm-hmm. you know, but yet they've been married for 30, 40 years. Well, guess what I'm going to do when I get married? Thinking yeah. that I'm going to be married for 30 years and then not necessarily, you know, and it's like, what mm-hmm. what type of relationship do you want? So the whole journey of growing up is to examine what I know, to ask myself where I learned it, to ask myself, is it beneficial? And if not, then what do I need to do to change it? So we're constantly in this cycle of learning, unlearning, and relearning. Yes. That's powerful. So I think we're really going to come into 2024, some better people, healed people, able to have these better conversations. Is there anybody that you recommend, a book or um, a, um, a therapist that can help people? Of course, I know that you can help people walk through certain things, but how to have these better conversations so that, you know, one, you don't end up spending the holidays alone if you don't necessarily want to, that you're able to entertain and have these and have healthy relationships who should we be listening to what books should we be reading yeah i love um i think her her, she pronounced her name nedra nedra tawab she came out with two books she has one on healthy boundaries and she has another one on leaving toxic relationships or something like that her boundaries book has a workbook uh that goes with it Um, She's, you know, the beauty of today is we have YouTube University, you know, Instagram Institute, (laughs) you know, TikTok Technological Center. I mean, we can learn learn from a lot of different people in a lot of different ways. Uh, I love Raquel Martin, um, Dr. Raquel Martin. I want to give her her respect. Um, She she is one person that I listen to a lot. 
Um, I like you said, I have a podcast and and you're mm-hmm. reminding me, I'm always like, what are the things that I'm talking about regularly? And because I work with people in um, unhealthy relationships, this is a conversation I'm having all the time. I'm working with couples, teaching them how to mm-hmm. do this, but I don't know that I've ever recorded a podcast on it. So you just gave me an idea. So thank you. Um <laughs> For that, and then of course, Brene Brown is uh, okay. the you know, she's one of those people that um, can say things in a way um, that people can hear it. Wonderful, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for helping me. I appreciate you very much, and then I think you did. I, I know that uh, people that listen will benefit from this conversation. and it could be a happy holiday season after all. So tell people, how's the best way um, to reach you, to get in touch with you, listen to your podcast? How can we contact you? Yeah, thank you so much for having me too. I, My business is called Fully Alive Coaching because I want to see people experience all that this life has to offer. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's hard walking on this side of heaven. You know, we have enough challenges and things that we're facing, especially today, uh, post-COVID. I see so many people struggling because we did not take time to grieve and process that collective trauma that we all experience. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you're listening and you're like, you know, oh, that's easier said than done. I want to tell you that it's not like there's a step by step process that you can go through and you deserve to have healthy relationships. We were made for relationship. We are hardwired for relationships. So when you don't have healthy relationships, it impacts you in every area, even if you're not aware of it. Um, So if people want to find me, I'm on all the socials. I'm on Instagram and TikTok as Coach Andrea FAC. That's for Fully Alive Coaching. I'm on Facebook at Fully Alive Coaching. My website is FullyAliveCoachingLLC.com. People can email me at CoachAndreaFAC at gmail.com. Um, but my my desire, like when I leave this earth, I want mm. people who have encountered me or spent time with me to realize that a seed was deposited, something that, you know, allowed them to grow into a truer, more authentic, healed version of themselves. Andrea, thank you so much. Everybody, um, please go find um, Coach Andrea, find her on her website, connect with her in all the spaces, get healed this holiday season. I think that'll be the best gift under any tree is to at least start their own healing journey. If you haven't already, um, have those crucial conversations so that you can have a great holiday season. All right, everybody, that is another episode of the This Woman Knows podcast. I hope you join us again next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of This Woman Knows Podcast. For show notes, blog posts, guest booking information, and sponsorship opportunities, visit us online at www.thiswomanknows.com today.